when you deal with it every day and you see some some horrible things, if I have a property that I can help somebody, I will always do that. And I just think that all property managers are in the same sort of boat. Welcome to the Property Brief Podcast, proudly brought to you by the REIQ, Queensland's peak body for real estate professionals. I'm your host, Rob Dory. With residential rental vacancies at record lows across Queensland, property managers are facing one of the most difficult times ever. With people struggling to find places to rent and property owners not always making life easy, property managers often get caught between a rock and a hard place. To get an account of what's happening on the ground, when it comes to the rental market, I'm joined by Temi Vitali, co-owner of property management service firm Vitali & Co. Temi is a member of the REIQ's property management chapter and joining us now is Temi. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good, good. Tell us a little bit about uh, Vitali & Co, how long you've been running for, how many people and how it all began. Well, we've just celebrated our fourth birthday. I've just employed another senior property manager um, at the end of January. So, um, so yeah, we're doing well. Um, love what we do. Um, and we just specialise in property management. We don't do sales. So we just work with the local agents if we need a salesperson. Now, you've uh, obviously uh, been a property manager within uh, businesses before and franchises. Um, uh, what was the uh, impetus for you to decide to make a change and go out on your own? Ah, okay. Principles, beware. <laughs> um, I found that I've only worked for two uh, local agencies and I just found that they didn't get property management um, I found that they were always skimping on resources and I'm a firm believer that training is really important for people to be able to do their jobs properly and I found that I wasn't getting the support that I needed. So hence found a location, went home to my husband and said, guess what, we're opening up a property management business. I love how you went and did it first and then what do we always say? Better to plead for forgiveness than to... Correct. Yep. <laughs> Correct. And it works. So, and yeah, full credit to my husband. Supported me 100% and and the rest is history. Well, so. if, if he's a smart man, I always say to my wife, I want you to be really successful because I'd like to be sitting on a beach somewhere drinking a Corona while you're looking after how the money comes in. That would be yeah, fantastic. Yeah, that's kind of my husband. But he's he's the brains behind. I'm the brawn. So he looks after the business side of things and I just run the property management and it works Lovely. really well for us. And back to that original question, they are different beasts, aren't they, when it comes to real estate? If you separate the real estate business you know, as far as the sales side of it and then the property management business, they are so different, aren't they? I guess even in how they're run. So run us through maybe some of those differences and I guess for people that are in the property management sector, things that they should be looking out for. Well, in the property management sector, you it's basically um, no day's the same, but the tasks are generally the same. So it is a repetitive type of business, but you're dealing with, multiple people from a tenancy point of view to a landlord point of view to a trades point of view. So you've got to be able to communicate and communicate well. What I find with and my experience in the past has been you work from seven till seven 
and it's an expectation and instead of being able to put an extra staff member on so that we all work normal nine-to-five jobs, they're very reluctant to do that and I am a firm believer that, you know, you come in, you do your job, you do the best you can. If you don't get it finished that day, that's your first priority for the next day. It's not a doom or gloom type of thing if it doesn't get done on that particular day. It's a struggle with most businesses though, isn't it, of, it of is. taking that next step because as soon as you put another employee on, there's a, there's a more cost. Therefore, in your case, you've got to get more properties to manage to cover that cost, but it's a, sometimes it's chasing your tail, right? You can't do a really good job if you don't have the people there and the time to do it. I think you're correct as far as that's concerned too, but for me, it's we're in a service industry. That's what we do. We service our landlords and we service our tenants. So we have to be able to have the resources to be able to do that properly. Um, You know, if you miss an email and it's a crucial maintenance thing, then, you know, you've got the tenant on the phone saying, I sent you an email three days ago and nothing's happened and that sort of stuff. Oh, so you, you got my email? Yes. Excellent. Fantastic. Lovely. Yes, I did. And thank you for responding so quickly. <laughs> You're a gem. And <laughs> tell me, so we talk about communication, we talk about, you know, no doubt processes and, and being organised. In, in the world that we're in now, do you find that, um, you know, so much around, you know, programs and, and computers and all the rest of it, I sound old just saying computers, yes, yes. computers and the, uh, and, the, and the web, is that making it easier or? I think the technology has certainly improved, 100%. The workflows for the software that's available for us these days, truly remarkable. And they're developing different sort of bits and pieces every day sort of thing. So, I mean, when I first started, there were bits and pieces all over the place and you had to try and find it and that sort of stuff. And And I am a firm believer that in our industry, it should be the same for all businesses. We should all be running our businesses the same. And it's like a McDonald's franchise thing that if you go to one agency, you will experience the same in another agency. But unfortunately, in property management, that's not the case. So are you talking about processes and technology or? Processes in not only technology, but in your office environment as well, the do's, the don'ts, so that You know, from my perspective, if somebody comes to me and says, this hasn't been done and I'll go, well, our procedures are this, so I doubt whether or not that hasn't been done. So it it sort of reassures that if everybody is doing the same, then there's less room for error and conflict, um, which I do hear that a lot of property managers have conflict and I think it's um let's talk through that we've come through COVID where um it was a a very tough time um you know I mean taking calls from landlords and also uh those renters that are both struggling financially and, and and obviously that was tough has it got any better obviously we're seeing right now that um you know as far as properties that are available we're hearing all the horror stories um what is it like for property managers uh look it's 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 tough out there because when you do an open home, you've got multiple people there. They've all got the same story and it's um, some stories are heartbreaking. 
Um, people living on the streets, living in cars. Correct. And, and, and the perception around those people, I, I don't think everyone always gets it. There's a, an image they have in their mind, but it's not true. We have people that are, you know, business people, but have just all of a sudden the landlord has sold the house, they've got nowhere to go and they can't get another one. Correct. And that's that's extremely common at the moment. Um, even through the COVID period, though, it it was relatively busy through that COVID mm. period. People were, look, from my personal experience, COVID was actually quite kind to us. We had a good relationship with our landlords and tenants. So landlords, if they were in a position, were able to um, offer some sort of assistance to the tenants, but most tenants, um, and credit to the to the government too, had um, provided enough financial incentives and um, schemes for people to be able to cope. And our son was in a classic example. He's he's a PT, so gyms just shut down all of a sudden. So he'd lost his job. So we had to get on the ground and find out what was available for him to be able to do that. And once we had learnt that information, I was able to part that information onto my tenants and say, this is the link to get on to your, you know, your rental bond or four weeks rent or whatever it is that was going at the time. And and then obviously the regular income that came through with either job seeker or job keeper, um, that sort of kept people afloat and and they managed to maintain paying their rent. Um, so and, that was good for us. And so what are you seeing right now? How are things out there now? What I'm seeing out there is there's a lot of people wandering around trying to find a property. Um, it's from my perspective, and I do say to tenants who do inquire on a property that if you're interested in the property and you want your application processed, make sure all the information's there that they need because we generally end up with multiple applications and we're not going to chase people because it's there's a sense of urgency to get it rented for a start from the landlord's point of view. Um, but if all that information's there, then we don't have to search. We can download that application, process it, and it happens relatively quickly. But if we have to chase them for you need to send us your ID or you need to send us your income statement, you'll find that they get pushed aside. So I do tell any tenant that I have to say is make sure your application is complete. And besides that, are there is there any other advice that you can give, uh, not just obviously uh, potential tenants, but I guess for other people out there that are working in the property management space, that they can pass on to their tenants because obviously this podcast is directed at our industry. So what other advice could you throw out there that may be able to help in these situations to help people get into a property? Just to, just to make it clear to them that they need to supply their information, I do say to tenants, make yourself known. Um, pop into a local office and introduce yourself and tell them what you're looking for. And for me, that's that's a personal touch that is, okay, this person is genuine um, and it's, it's, it's in your memory to sort of say when they come to the inspection, yes, I've met them in the office, they've presented well, they've, this property suits them and then we can go from there. 
we've touched on, you know, homelessness and the rental crisis, and I know that you you have a bit of a, a potential solution. We'll talk about that in a moment. But just back to your own business, what do you think, um, you know, makes your business successful? What is it about maybe yourself, your team, and, and what have you put into place uh, to have a successful property management business? Well, f- for me, it's probably the the length of time that I've been there. So I've been working in the Bayside area for about 16 odd years. But for me, it was also crucial to become part of the community, get involved in the community. So I was on the local rugby club. I'm involved in the chambers and that sort of stuff. So for me, it's networking. Um, And a lot of it's referrals, um, you know, your Google reviews and stuff like that. I mean, even recently on your local sort of I know, Facebook pages and stuff like that, even that's generated sort of business for us. So for me, it's just making yourself known in the area. And given that we've been there for such a long time, as in my presence, um, that's definitely helped grow our business. I mean, we started from nothing. So we opened up the doors and we did not have a property in there. So it was a risk. Um but we backed ourselves and we had some financial backing to say, okay, we can cope with this for 12 months. Let's see how we go. And, and the rest is history. We're, you know, we've done quite well out of it. And a little secret spice or sauce that you can share with those that are starting a property management business? Oh, look, make sure you've got, oh, make sure you've got a husband or a partner that supports you for a start. <laughs> but you can't do that without financial backing. Yep. You have to have some savings behind to be able to support yourself so that you can meet your commitments with your rent and whatever um, and and have done the groundwork beforehand to see whether or not you've got enough support for people to come across and leave who, whatever agency they're with or whatever or refer business to you, that sort of stuff. Because let's be honest, unless there's a new housing estate or apartment complex, they're going to come from somewhere or, of course, new investors into the area. Yeah. And I think the new investors, they do do their research on Google. They do look at the local Facebook pages. You know, someone will put a Facebook page out and say, can someone recommend a property manager and, you know, You've got friends and family and landlords that will make a referral to you sort of thing. So so from that perspective, it's it's just just endear yourself to your community, I think. I really do. I just think that it's time people need to give a little in your community rather than just take, take, take. And I'm a good giver. So and I enjoy it. I really do enjoy it. And you have a, um, you've encountered a potential solution for the rental crisis that gives uh, small-time investors the opportunity to get involved. Tell us about this. Look, I really do think that the government needs to offer some incentives for investors. Um, I was talking to a landlord today. His interest rate cap or whatever it is has changed and his loan repayments have 
increased quite significantly. Well, there's no incentive at the moment for, for, for mum and dads to, to no. buy property and rent them and out. I'm no accountant. I'm no expert on tax or investing, but you know some of those things are, are what have been clawed back over the years. I mean, we used to find it in the, you know, as far as the Australian tax system with the, your brackets that, uh, you know, with a bracket creep that uh, if you had an investment property, you could bring your earnings down, then buying an investment property and making those savings was worthwhile. That doesn't really exist there anymore. And interest rates for investment property, for investment loans are normally more expensive than your standard loan. Yeah, correct. So there needs to be some sort of incentive for people to get involved because there's a lot of landlords that are actually leaving the um, investment sector because of the financial commitment that they're exposed to. And I kind of don't blame them in a way because it's it's a fast stretch. Yes, rents have gone up um, and it's not before time, to be honest with you, because I think landlords have had a fairly low yield on their return um, over the years and it's now sort of getting up somewhere where it's actually worthwhile doing. And I think for new investors, we can say, yes, it's worthwhile doing, but there needs to be some sort of incentive that financially they're not drowning in debt, that they can cover their costs and possibly grow on that that portfolio because most of the people in my portfolio, simple mum and dads, um, they're not multimillionaires yep. or anything like that and they just want to set up themselves for their future. There's a lot of self-funded retirees in, a, in amongst that as well sort of thing. So it's it's important for them that they're wanting to be independent financially in their age of retirement, but these things are not making it any easier. And how do you feel uh, about, um, you know, share housing, self-contained rooms and things like that? And in your area in particular, how do you think that would be received? Absolutely love it. I've got three complexes at the moment um, and I do target the 50s and over. Um, There are so many men and women that are single Um, that are in that age group that really struggle to find a property. And the formula that we tried at first, and I had to convince the landlord that we need to make sure that they're empty for a little while and accommodate those people. And what we found is that they do tend to be long-term. I mean, I've got a 100-year-old tenant. I've got 80-year-olds. I've got 70-year-olds. Talk me through what sort of buildings these so are. So it's it's know. like a house which has um, split into four or something. Yeah, five studio apartments. They're fully furnished. They're really nice, and they provide independence for the tenants, um, but also the security. That there are other people in the building that are like minded. And do they have share kitchens? They got their own kitchen. They've they got. They're their all own. totally self contained. Yeah, it's completely self contained. There is a kitchen down in the in the lower ground, which there's an oven. So if somebody wants to bake some cakes, and that's a shared laundry facility. But they basically have their own bathroom and you know fridge, freezer, microwave, that sort of stuff. So they can they pretty much just look after themselves. And so you're in the Bay Area of, of Brisbane. Correct. And, and so councils are for this. Do you know whether this is something across Queensland? Well, look, look, I know that they're, that the Brisbane, in particular Brisbane City Council have sort of coming down on this type of thing because they classify it as like a unit complex as such. 
because they generally have one meter, one electricity um, supply. But I think I think the government needs to back off on that a little bit to allow number one the crisis for people who are aged um, because they don't want to live with family. They don't want to live with kids. They're still well enough to live independent. They don't want to go into an aged care facility, let alone if there's a facility available for them. Um, And this is the optimum way of doing it. So I really do think that the government needs to maybe reconsider that because the people who are investing in that are generally self-funded retirees and um, they can see the income that the property is generating, but they're also seeing that they're housing um, the right people for a longer term, um, which is a win-win situation for everybody. It's a win-win situation for the tenant and it's a win-win situation for the landlord. So, Well, tell me, you may have also missed your calling. Have you ever thought about going into politics? Maybe? No. <laughs> I don't know right enough about there. it, but I, <laughs> if I think it, I'll say it sort of thing. But I just... When you deal with it every day um, and you see some some horrible things, if I have a property that I can help somebody, I will always do that. And I just think that we in and all property managers are in the same sort of boat. They've all got the same philosophy. If they had it, they would try and get people in. And by having it, that's where the government needs to step up and be able to provide incentives for people to invest in property that we can rent out to people. Well, Tammy, you're on the ground. You're certainly uh, right in the thick of it, so we appreciate your thoughts around that. And thanks for chatting to us. No problem. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I'm Rob Dory. Thank you for listening to the Property Brief Podcast, proudly brought to you by the REIQ, Queensland's peak body for real estate professionals. For industry updates, latest news and market overviews from industry specialists and practising professionals, follow us on your favourite podcast platform.